Chapter Ten of Laramie Holds the Range by Frank Spearman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Chapter Ten. Laramie Counts Five. There was not a chance of escape. Laramie's left arm was resting on the bar. Under the overhang, Stone, as he faced Laramie, now pressed the gun with his right arm into Laramie's stomach. For Laramie to attempt to knock it away with his own right hand would be to take an almost certainly fatal chance, while for any friend of his to touch Stone or shoot him would mean certain death to Laramie. Feeling that he had his enemy dead to rights, Stone baited him. Laramie, he began, fixing his eyes on those of his victim, there's some men's lived in this country too long. The words carried the irritable nasal tone familiar to Stone's acquaintances. Laramie's eyes merely brightened a little with the effort to reply. Tom, he declared with just enough of hesitation to play the game, that's the first thing my wife said yesterday morning. Stone stared. When, he demanded, did you get married? Put up your gun, I'll tell you about it. Stone only grinned. I can hear pretty well right now. If you want to see her picture, Tom, uncock your gun. Not a little bit. I've got you right. Laramie smiled. Sure, Tom, but there's plenty of time. Put down the hammer. Stone, without moving his gun, did silently lower the hammer. Laramie counted one. Then he began to describe his trick bride. Stone cut him off. He cocked his gun again. Show me her picture, he snarled. Tennyson took the instant to lean impressively across the bar. He pointed a long finger at Stone. Tom, he said with measured emphasis, no man can pull a gun here tonight and get away with it. That'll be enough. Stone scrawled. Harry, this scout is through. Nobody wants him any longer in this country, he said. Take your quarrel somewhere else tonight. This is my celebration. You get me, Tom? Under the implied threat of the determined gambler, the hammer of Stone's gun came down. I can get along with any man that'll do what's right, asserted Stone, trying to keep his head clear. Laramie won't. Why, Tom, expostulated Laramie reproachfully. The revolver clicked. The hammer was up again. "'You won't do what's right, will you, Laramie?' demanded Stone thickly. There were probably fifty men in the room, as if by instinct each of them already knew on what a slender thread one man's life hung. Hawk, the quickest and surest of Laramie's friends, stood ten paces away, up the bar, but the silence was such that he could hear every deliberate word. Glasses, half-emptied, had been set noiselessly down. Discussions had ceased. Every eye was centered on two men, and every ear strained. A few spectators tiptoed out into the office. Others that tried to pass through the swinging front-door screen into the street found a crowd already peering intently in through the open bays. Tom, resumed Laramie in measured seriousness, it's not you and me can't get on. It's men here has made trouble between you and me, Tom. 
you and me rode this range when we didn't have but one blanket atween us didn't we tom he demanded in loud tones stone in drunken irresolution uncocked his gun but held it steady that's all right laramie he growled did we quarrel then demanded laramie boisterously i'm asking you tom did you and me quarrel then when a man can't turn in with harry van horn and barb doubleday grumbled stone it's time for him to quit this country his revolver clicked again the hammer went up laramie regarded him with sobering amazement who told you i wouldn't turn in with barb doubleday he exclaimed loudly who told you that harry van horn told me tennyson tried to interpose you shut up tennyson was the answering growl from stone but tennyson stuck to it till the hammer came down it was only for a moment the next instant a score of breathless men heard the click of the gun as it was cocked again why demanded laramie more cool-headed than his friends drawn-faced and tense about him cooler far than his maudlin words implied and still fighting for a forlorn chance why didn't harry van horn tell me to turn in with a friend why didn't he tell me to turn in with you tom stone with a man i rode and bunked with why did they make you their scapegoat tom you've got me all right i know that but what about you you can't get ten feet abe hawk's right behind you waiting for you now they'd bump us into the same hole tom you don't want to go into the same hole with me do you let's talk it over the rambling plea sounded so reasonable it won a brief reprieve from stone don't uncock your gun till i'm through tom urged laramie i don't want to take any advantage at all of an old partner keep it cocked but listen i don't want to talk with van horn laramie went on not even with barb doubleday fine a man as he might be i ain't a saying tom but i don't want to talk to him i want to talk to you just you and me tom talking it over together don't be goat for nobody tom what the drunken foreman's brow contracted in irresolute perplexity what'd you say urged laramie vacillating stone let down the hammer to talk it over it went up again almost instantly there may in this last brief instant have flashed across his muddled consciousness a realization of his fatal mistake perhaps he saw in the wicked flash of laramie's glazed eyes a warning of blunder knowing that mountain men carry only five cartridges in their revolvers leaving the hammer for safety on an empty chamber laramie had parlayed with stone only long enough to suit his own purpose his right arm shot out at stone's jaw as his fist reached it the gun against his stomach snapped viciously but the hammer already raised six times came down on the sixth and empty chamber it was the chance laramie had played for stone sank like an ox as he went down his head struck the footrail he lay stunned men drew long breaths mccalpin stooping in a flash wrenched stone's revolver from his hand and with a grin laid it on the bar laramie watching stone coldly did not move his left foot still rested on the rail his left arm on the bar but without taking his eyes off the prostrate man 
he in some way saw the white-faced bartender peering over in amazement at the fallen foreman it seems to take you a good while luke protested laramie mildly to open that bottle end of chapter ten